Hello, and welcome to a new installment of Leadership Equals. This one's a little bit different. We're going to call these series At the Bar, where we have different guests on the show who are in various leadership positions. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the process that it took for them to get there and a lot of the pressures and perseverance that go along with that role. So with me at the bar today, I have my brother from a very different mother, Mr. Red Caruso. What up, what up? Red, how you doing today? I'm fantastic. What about you? Man, I'm doing great today. It's been a good week. It's That's been a great good. week. And we have a special guest, Mr. Jeffrey McNeil. Good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So I always, call, I always reference you as Jeffrey. Is it actually Jeffrey? It is, is Jeffrey. It yeah. Okay, gotcha. And Jeff, you work with Air Hydropower. I correct? am. So I'm the director of operations for Air Hydropower. We have uh, 21 facilities um, throughout the southeast, Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, and into the panhandle of Florida. So I'm like the front of house um, ops guy, basically. Nice. Um, so that's anything that's customer facing, um, whether that's our retail stores, our uh, mobile hose doctors, right? Um, our in inside salespeople. Gotcha. Um, so anything, if uh, anything customer facing, basically. Yeah, for all of them. For every for, facility. For, for every facility yep. that we have. Yeah. And you have been, so you were originally in Alabama when we met. You Correct. were in Alabama, yep. and it was the same role in Alabama, or was it a different role? Uh, it was the director of operations for Alabama alone. Gotcha. Um, and so we decided to split roles. Um, I had a counterpart in Kentucky. Um, we decided that uh, it would make a lot more sense to kind of synergy, yeah. <laughs> use some yeah. synergy in our roles. So he kind of took the, what I would consider back office uh, gotcha. duties. So, you know, like inventory, you know, pricing. Uh, strategic uh, initiatives, et cetera, right? Uh, and then just divide the roles so that we could focus on what our strengths were. Gotcha. Yep. And that's a very important part to our expansion. Exactly. <laughs> very, very important part. Um, so you haven't always been in that position. And I think, like, just because of what a little bit I know about how you came to be where you're at in the company, you're actually one of those um, uh, American dream guys because you started out down at the bottom. And then worked all the way through that because were you a bread? What did you start out doing? Uh, order puller. Order puller. Yeah. yeah, basically a cart pusher, right? Yep, nine bucks an hour way back in 2001. Nice. Ooh, <laughs> 2001. 2001. So then you just, you basically kind of learn the business and, and come up through the ranks, you know, just through grit and grime. Correct. Right, to get to where you're at. So you're one of those actual true working stories, you know, from the bottom to the top. So to speak. I mean, in retrospect, I didn't feel like it was that way, but it sure, it, and the picture ended up being painted that way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> which is cool because that's how uh, Matt and them came to be, which was the previous owners of Air Hydropower. That was the same story that they had for the company. And I don't know which one of them was, which one of them actually pushed the broom in the warehouse? Which one, one of those? I think guys? all of them, Matt, all probably them specifically. Tom was, um, you know, he was hired in as sales manager. Right. So, uh, that probably Dick and and Matt, but yeah, you know, I think it gives a unique perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a leader, to be to that you have already filled the roles that you're leading, you know. Yeah. So you, uh, you just understand it a little better. Yeah, you're able to connect with people on a different level. To whereas somebody, especially with you, with like the military background, you know, I don't, I've never been in the military, but there is a running theory that officers that come out of the academy don't have as much as the officers that climb the rank. 
to get there. And I'm not trying to step out of the bounds. I'm just, you know, I have one of the guys on my crew who is that way. And that's kind of the stories that he says. But it's, uh, you know, in your opinion, like when it comes to leadership in that format, is it kind of the same model as what we have here? Or is it better to go through like an academy side of it? I guess it really just comes down to knit and grit and learning or the knowledge that's provided through academia. Well, I think it's a mixture of both, right? So I really believe that if you come in from on the military side, you come in from the enlisted. And I was actually going to comment on what you said, that synergy that you said you have. And then now how y'all split and you got the strategic side of the house on the back end. You got the front end directing the operations, executing what you guys have actually put together. Well, you have an understanding because you were down at the bottom at one time. Now you are where you are, right? Same thing with the military. So when we would see brand new lieutenants come in straight out of college and you may have somebody who's an E9 who's been in the military already 20 to 30 years and you got a brand new guy. But that brand new guy's your boss. Yeah. That is hard for people to respect. But the difference in civilian versus military, we take orders. So we have to follow right. and we take our oath, well, with this hand, yeah. and say, you know, we'll obey the orders of those appointed over us. So the guys that came in get their degree or they already have their degree a lot of them will opt to come in and then while they're in they'll apply for ocs and then become an officer and then there's also the other thought we have in the army what's called warrant officers so they have the best of both worlds they get to associate with officers but also work with the enlisted people so they get they call it the the best place to sit it's kind of like having an invitation to the party but you but you're not part of the organization so yeah. that means you can come when you want, leave when you want. Right. But reap the benefits while you're there. And that's the same thing kind of in there. But leadership, I don't care if you're at the bottom or at your top. It's still the same concepts. It's all about how are you going to execute your specific level of leadership in the position that you're in. Because the lessons that you learned at the bottom, you know, if you go back to how we started this was with loyalty. Obviously, you're an example of that. You've been loyal to the company for this long, right? right. Yeah. But as you stayed loyal... What did you have to do? You had to stay disciplined to do what? To learn. So even like you mentioned the guy pressing the pushing the broom. Yeah. He got to see how it was. And then he got to see. So I think the value of somebody who's been there and works their way up versus that academy, to use your terminology, is you get to see areas from the bottom up because you were there that if I if I ever make it there, if I ever make it there, I'm gonna do this, this or that. And I think that that's when a main company gets to reap big rewards because you build leadership. So you're growing leaders. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's one of the cool things, especially about our company, is the, the culture that's involved. And I think a lot of that culture is derived from that form of climbing the ranks to getting to where it's at. I think it's it's embedded in there, um, especially with the people that influence it and push it down, because obviously you're a big part of that culture. You know, because it was handed to you, and so you hand that down, right? You know, in a, in a positive and healthy light to to make it grow and be to grow to its fullest potential in its people. Um, and so I want to I want to do something real quick because we're all three in a position or have been in a position to where somebody looks at you and goes, "Yeah, but you know, you're just up there and you don't do anything." <laughs> How many people think you don't do anything? I'm sure plenty. How many, how many times do I give you shit about being like, all he does is talk on the phone. That's all, that's all he does is walk around and talk on the phone. Yeah, business is all relational. It, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that that is a, a genuine misconception by a lot of people, either whether they be new leaders or they're not in a leadership leadership position yet, to look and go, when I make it here, dude, I got it made. 
<laughs> I have it made. When in, when in actuality, when you make it to that level, that's really when shit gets real. You know, that's that's when the hammer drops because then the because the level of responsibility that you that you have when you achieve that is exponential to where you know when you're just turning wrenches or when you're just pushing the broom or when you're even to the point of you just got to make sure that that line runs correctly. Well, now you're in a position where you have to make the entire facility run correctly and you have to have key people in line. So I think I don't think people spend a lot of time, especially in a leadership position, taking advantage to talk about topics like that, because there are a lot of pressures. There's a lot of stress that come with that, especially when you're in control of making decisions on the better behalf of conversations like you and I have about people's families. Like it doesn't just affect the employee. It infects their families. And so there's a whole level of responsibility that not a lot of people shine a lot of light on. Right. So, And I know that you've done uh, some relocations, and you have a large family, right? I do. You have, a, you have <laughs> five kids, yeah. Five kids, and you're how old? 44. And you have grandkids. I do have three grandkids, <laughs> so that's right. This is uh, it's a great example of you know some of the things. I think you can offer an insight to other people that may listen in a leadership position to go, you know, I've been in this stressful situation, and you may have already attacked that, or you may have already done it, and you may have done it the wrong way, but at least you learned, hey, that's the wrong way, you know? Yeah. So you got any examples that you can pass along with that, Either whether it be centered around relocation or anything? It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, relocations was really um, a path for growth, right? Yeah. Um, so to be a, for what I consider a good leader, you've got to be put into situations that you've never encountered before, yeah, right? So right. that way, to your point, you learn, mm-hmm. you know? Now, you know, I started out, pushing brooms not really but pulling orders right right um and but i still i went back to school you know went out you know i was married had kids running a branch went back to school got a human resources degree right um so that i could better myself to be able to understand and how to communicate with people because that's basically what it is yeah right um if i can effectively communicate what i want from you you're gonna you're gonna do that for me right and and then across the uh, the platform you're gonna get that from every from every job position that you're gonna that you're in a lead. Yeah. So yes, relocating was, was part of that. Um, moving fam, moving the family is always a, uh, interesting uh, scenario. You know, um, we moved to Alabama for seven years, moved back a year ago. Um, that has its own struggles. So to your point, you know, what people don't see is behind the scenes from a personal aspect, right. You know, how hard that is, you know, we went through, uh, three acquisitions, uh, in Alabama. So the merger part of that, you know, that's, uh, that takes a lot of time commitment. So, yeah. You know, I had a lot of 80, 100 hour weeks. Well, you know, if you're spending the time at work doing that, you're obviously not spending enough time on your home life. Right. You know? And and that comes at a cost. Yeah. Uh, everything has a, has a, a cost uh, to it. Yeah. Associated. So, you know, you got to you got to try and balance that work life balance gets hard the higher up the ladder you go. Yeah. Right? You know. Yeah. Because you don't just turn it off at four o'clock. No, you know, no, right before we came in here, you were on a phone call. And you were taking care of something. You said, look, I'm walking into something. I'll have Josh call you back. Well, the truth is, is that is all the way up until the point when you go to bed. A lot of times it is for me, you know, and these, and our guys are on call 24-7. And it don't stop so, when you go to bed. And right? it, Yeah, it doesn't stop. Because you're thinking, especially imagining your job as a director of operations, you might be the front, as you called it. But I guarantee, man, when you're going to bed, you're probably trying to go to sleep, but you're thinking about... I should have done this, this, or this, or I still have to do that. Or when I get in, I need to take care of this. So you're already making mental notes, preparing for tomorrow. For where the failures were today, 
you're going to pick them up and succeed the next day. Absolutely. And, you know, from a, I'm, I'm really a people guy, right? You yeah, know, me too. I, I like leading teams. I'm a coach at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I've coached for 15 years um, in the track and field cross country arena. Um, I just like taking people that don't know what talent they have and, mm-hmm. and help nurture it and let them grow to, to, yeah. to different roles. So that relates to the business side of, of things, right? You can take, um, I might put someone in a position that I know I'm going to end up having them in a position, a different position later, but it's letting them grow along, along that path. Yeah. So they don't know it. Right. But it, you know, it's, it's like a big war room, (laughs) right. (laughs) And you're laying everything out and you're trying to figure out, okay, 10 years from now. And that's the hard part for, for, um, senior leadership people. Mm -hmm. You got to think three moves ahead, right. Because I'm going to be forced into that position in the future. So, It's trying to align pieces to get for growth, you know, and growth is hard on companies as much as people. Yeah. And I think your your one point that I wanted to hone in about that what you brought up is, you know, you're three steps ahead, you're ten years out there. One of the things that is a challenge for me is because I'm such a transparent person and I want to make sure I paint good pictures. Um, it's very hard not to do that for your people to go basically go, look, man, if you'll just hang on, I promise you, you know, this is coming. I promise you this is coming. But you I found myself in a position like you can't do that because then they get their hopes up over something that is not necessarily the truth or their 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 uh, their idea of a timeline is skewed. You know, like, sure, you know, five years really isn't five years to them. It's, you know, hey, I should have this in six months. Dude, I told you, it was five, I told you it was five years. Yeah, but you know, it really should be about right now. So it's easier just not to paint that picture for them until it's confirmed, until it's actually clear, and you can actually go, yes, this is what it is. Well, I think you you've got to like put the idea out there, right? You, Correct. Now yeah. maybe you don't get so specific, right? There you go. You know, um, but you do you. You do sort of paint the picture, just not the whole picture, right? right. And and you'll learn that as you go, yeah. right? Because some people will, will latch onto that and be like, yeah. well, you just said, you know, that yeah. you're going to do this for me and I'm going to make a million dollars, right? Right, you know? exactly. And, and that, I, no, I didn't say that, you yeah. know, but uh, but people will do that. So yeah. it's really, I would call it pathways, right? You got to you kind of got to give them a path mm-hmm. and, and they have to understand that I'm not going to jump you from exposition to right. to you know, CEO, like you can't do that. There, there's, there's reasons that you need to fill this role first. Yeah. Right. So you can learn along the way. Yeah. So, um, that's probably the hardest part of talking to, to trying to get people to understand. They don't get the, 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 they don't understand the fact that they have to have the real world, real world, um, experience yeah. to be able to do the role that they want to do right yeah you know so um that is that that's the most difficult and we've we've talked about this on the show before you know there's a lot of people out there in leadership positions that i personally think is an incorrect way to get a leader there just because they worked there for 20 years (laughs) they have that role well it doesn't mean that you're qualified you know that just means you know how to do that job it doesn't mean that you know how to lead those people in that position and that's a super hard thing that i think that was bred into our society and it's super hard for me to, to get people to switch their brain around to go, you know, there is some truth to that. And you do work really hard and you can reap rewards and benefits on the backside of working really hard for a very long time. But you have to constantly invest into yourself to become a better version of yourself through that path. That's actually what begins to qualify you for that position up top. Just because you know how to put nut to bolt faster than anybody 
doesn't mean that that's the case because leadership is often called to go, yeah, you can do that really well, but is there a better way to put nut to bolt faster that's going to impact the, the company down the road? You know, it, and I don't think a lot of people take a, a focus to look at that. And it's so cool to have people because I like I have you in my life and Jeff, obviously, you know, we work together uh, to help be able to paint those pictures, to guide that through to go, you know, this is a um, it's not the way to leadership, but this is a really good way. <laughs> this right. is a really good way to get to that position. And that's why this podcast was so important, because, you know, I learned a lot from him. But I know there are going to be people, and I know there are people out there that may have been in a company for 15 years, or they may have just been started. They may have been thrown into something that's a whirlwind, and they have no idea where to even start from. You know, and they may not have solid mentorship. They may not have solid guidance. And so you find yourself, I mean, think back to, you know, when you were first getting into leadership, I know you were in positions like, what the do I do? What the <laughs> hell do I do? If you don't have that, you know, it's, you got to have something, you know, you had to have something to build off of and somewhere to go. So well, everyone needs a mentor, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. That, that has been there and done that, you know? And so, you know, good companies will foster that mentorship, yeah. you know? Um, and, and that's very similar to coaching, you know, mm -hmm. athletes learn from the older athletes, you know, you gotta have, you have to have some pure stuff, but from on the mentor side, you someone has to be able to guide you. Yeah. There's actually a leadership principle on that. I don't remember the, the actual author of it but there is an actual book that has a pyramid on it right and talks about the people who are down here you find us they call it a sponsor so you find a mentor that sponsors you to the next level yeah and then once you get to their level then they should be looking for somebody at the next level to mentor and sponsor them pull them up which in turn allows you to pull somebody up. And then when you pull somebody to replace you, then he pulls you or she pulls you back up until y'all get to the top of yep. the success of that company. But that perseverance, that pressure, I think that you have to have that because oh, that sure. is going to show you who actually can and cannot survive and lead because you have to make hard decisions. Even when you don't want to have to make those hard decisions, you're going to have to realize that when we come together, any kind of leadership starts with what you said from the beginning, Jeff, was communication. You as a leader, if you don't know how to communicate, you can have all the best plans. You can even implement them. You can try to follow up with them. But if you are not communicating what your intent is, then how in the hell can they manage the expectations? Right. And that's part of leadership. If you want expectations to be reached, managed, exceeded, then they have to be able to look at you and say, man, they've had to do X, Y, and Z. Man, look at the pressure they're under. Look, look at that. But they persevered. They endured. How did they do it? Then yep. that's when you start paying attention to your leaders. And you can tell there's people above the both of y'all that you're looking at. I wouldn't have been like that. I'm going to make sure because see, what leaders above me teach me is good things and the bad they do is teaching me good too because yeah. it's teaching me don't repeat those mistakes right yeah. yeah so i think for that synergy to be successful we really have to take it from the approach that hey it started with me communicating it started with me setting the right expectations having the right mentorship and yeah. i believe companies like you said foster mentorship but also they'll see people yeah. that has something in them and say, hey, I'm going to initiate you. Come and hang out with me for a little while. Watch me spend time not telling them what your plans are, but hey, come with me. Let's have a conversation. And then 
you don't even know. I was always taught this. If you're with somebody who outranks you, always imagine it's an interview all the time. Yeah. Because you never yeah. know what the intent is. Because yeah. that is a way that we do it in the government as far yeah. as with the military side of the house. When we're with somebody, we're asking them questions, asking them, how would you do this? What do you think? Kind of like, how would you eat elephant one bite at a time? How would you yeah. put it in a fridge, you know, yeah. one piece at a time? Yeah. But it's the same thing as every time you're talking to somebody above you, always imagine it being a leader. Because yeah. in our world, we have panels that we hire. So when we do... Uh, application it comes in we rate them there's a matrix that we do the rubrics and here's who we have now there's say there's five people well now we got to do the interviews nine times out of ten we've already talked to those people so the interview is just a formality but we already kind of have an idea of that person is good to move forward or not yeah you know what i tell my guys too it's um <clears throat> take all the good that i do and do it better take everything bad that i do and throw it away yep because if you're doing it better than the way that i do it then it's gonna be, it's gonna grow exponentially on the other side of it, um, and it, it works. I don't know how to explain it any other way than it works. When you're able to connect with the people that you're leading on a, I don't even really want to say a personal level because I think there's a, a vast difference between personal and business relationships. But when you understand them better than they understand their self, mm. then you can begin to mentor them through a process to growing and the hardest thing to do is allow them to make decisions that don't make any damn sense that's the hardest thing to do and watch that failure come to fruition um and watch them own it you know because you know there's a better way we have a running joke the Austell joke you know jeff had a big i, I told, told you a big i told you so um but because of, there's a lot of good that came from that but the freedom to make those decisions and the freedom to be able to push through those, there are people that that's the only way that they learn. And good leadership supports it. And then it's like a kind of like a little, it's not a whip. It's just like a little nudge. You know, hey, I would probably do this or I would look at this. And it, it's so important to guide people in that manner. You know, some people are just sausage makers. That's what they are. That's all they're going to be. And they need to know, put the casing on, run the meat in it. Send it down to Donna so Donna can tie it up. And that's as far as it goes. But every now and then you come across some sausage makers who go, man, they're doing something a little different. And, you know, there's a certain level that you invest in those people to get them to that position, that? to be able to, all that big rabbit hole, to get to the point to where you can begin to teach them that, to understand. Josh Ingram and I talked one time about um, manipulation gets a bad rap. But that's really what you're doing is you're manipulating people inside their strengths and inside their talents to get them to be able to perform at a, at a level that they didn't really think that they could. So you take those sausage makers that are doing it really well and you start manipulating them through it and you know, going, hey, you can do this and you can do this and allow them the freedom to become a better version of them because that's when true ownership inside that person snaps and do you know that senior leadership do you know the term what instead of manipulation you know a term that comes you've told me before but i forget what i'm just going to say it's emotional intelligence you're emotionally yes. connecting yep. with your people yep. and they don't even realize what you're doing but how do you say it your your family matters right yeah. and so the way you coach your family the way you are at home if you have that mindset that you're good leadership at home, then you can be an excellent leader in the workforce because it's more personal at home. Yeah. But when we get a little bit more personal with our people on a good level, I'm not talking about crossing lines, but you get emotionally involved with them, you'll know what drives them, what motivates them, yeah. what keeps them going, what improves them. And better term is, common term manipulation, but the other one is, hey, 
I want to know what what makes your heart beat yeah. because I want it to beat for me, and I don't want you to leave, right? But I always tell people, remember, just to what you said earlier, is you spend more time, more hours, the higher you get. It's not easier the more you get up the ladders. No. And you hit a point that I always tell people, be prepared that don't put so much stock in moving up if you don't have your affairs outside of your office in order because your picture on the wall if you were to die today will come down yeah you, it'll keep the company will keep going but the people who remember you are your family so first and foremost always be that solid leader yeah. under pressure and perseverance at home yeah and allow those attributes to shine in the workplace and see that's a balance dude um you know i was in here friday and talked to jeff on the phone and he was like go home go home <laughs> i was like man i got stuff to do but um you always tell him you know the the entrepreneurial mind you I know it's sleeps. it's it's different than a lot of other things but the balance that i created something i was telling him earlier you know that's why the studio looks like it does is so my family can be a part of that but even then i have to turn that off when i get home and it's super hard to turn my career off because it's 24 7 and you're constantly, if you know, if one of the guys gets up and they go out at three o'clock in the morning, they're gonna let me know, hey, I'm running here. I mean, and his then, phone always rings. It's never a day that we're together that it's not some work call calling him. <laughs> so you're, you know, you wake up and you go, man, I hope they do that right. You know, or I hope that they tighten that right. Or I hope that that doesn't blow. I hope they're not too sleepy that it doesn't crimp correctly. You know, there's all those things that go through. And so I was, tra I'm, I'm transitioning into that. You know, no matter what we go through as leaders, no matter what position, it doesn't matter. It, they don't give a shit that we were up at 3 o'clock in the morning because guy B doesn't know that, that guy A was out. You know, I think there is a there is a, an unspoken standard that we have to walk in and perform as if nothing changed. And that is the big ticket with leadership that a lot of people don't see. You know, they don't see that you're working 80 hours a week at your career and your, you know, your home life, you know, like I've had issues with my teenage daughter, dude, that is dampening, you know, that is, that is a drain. That is a stress drain that you have to devote mental time to. Well, then I got two younger kids, you know, they don't, they don't know. They're just happy to be, daddy's home from work. Let's go play baseball. You know, they don't give a shit. And so you have all of that. And then there are certain people, they subconsciously, the people that you lead will look at you and go, why are you having a bad day? You're not doing anything. <laughs> are you just going in there and lock yourself? But we have to keep that face on. We have to keep that. You don't have to be happy, but we have to keep a certain respectful line of leadership that we can't falter. Because when you do, the needle, the needle does this. The needle doesn't move. And so I don't think a lot of people, you know, spend time talking about that. You know, it's, 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 if you're in a position to grow and you're in a position to become something uh, greater than, than what you are, what you thought you could, understand that with that comes a responsibility. Now, there are good times, right? Sure. You know, we've both been to Churchill Downs. <laughs> That's right. You know, there, there are perks that come with it. We both have a vehicle. Josh has a vehicle. You know, there are things that, yeah, we're not going to negate that. But I'm, I'm not going to say that it outweighs it. <laughs> I'm just going to say you spend far more nights wondering if that email was sent, then you do going, man, I'm so glad that I can put gas in this car. <laughs> you know? But do you know how you stay strong during the pressure and how you're able to persevere? For me, I'll tell you, I always imagine a clock, an old school clock. In order for it to keep time, you have to hit that pendulum and it has to keep 
swaying back and forth. If it gets out of rhythm, it doesn't keep proper time. If it stops, the clock stops. So I think in order to be effective as a leader, as a husband, as a man, as a person, I have to stay balanced. Because if not, then just like when that clock pendulum quits working or it breaks, it's just an idle decoration. Yeah. And the last thing you ever want to do is to lose your family over a career. Yeah. But the last thing you want to do is to lose an up-and-coming leader because you as a senior leader, you cracked under pressure. And when we crack right. under pressure, we're giving them the example that, hey, they couldn't handle it or they may feel, you know, because sometimes think about it. When, when something cracks, what do we do? We're going to take it out on whoever the first person that comes our way and yeah. say, why did you let this happen? What's wrong with you? What is your malfunction? Yeah. You know, and then I think, and, I, and I'll ask your opinion. Do you think that, I think there's a place for passion, right? You got to be passionate about what you do. But I think that you have to be careful to not allow that passion to come across as anger because once you're emotionally controlled, I think as a leader, you lose some of that respect. And if you stayed more selfless rather than selfish in the minds of our workforce, then our passion could shine. What do you think? Uh, oh, 100%. I mean, you know, I think the best form of leadership is the servant leader, right? So Amen. It's yeah. our job as leaders to take the pressure off of the people that work for you, right? Yeah. So that means you shoulder it, you know? Yeah. Um, now, you know, I have a saying that you can, I have no problem with, with people venting to me, like vent up, never vent down, right? right? So yeah. you can't let your employees see your frustration. Right. So if you need to get it out, you got to yeah. call me, get it out. Yeah. Right. Cause it, you know, the, that's the hard part of being a leader, um, uh, a captain on a sports team. doesn't matter. Pick your poison. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't get the day off ever. Ever. Right? You yeah. don't get a playoff. You don't get a day off at work, right? You have to be the standard every single time that you show up. Yeah. You know? And and that is, you know, I, when people want to be a manager, that's what I ask them: Are you ready? You know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, because that's what you're getting into. So, what know? kind of um, answers do you look for? What makes you identify that person right there? They've got it. What do you look for in that individual? Usually it's attitude, you know. Um, uh, I think if you, uh, what movie was it? Uh, Remember the Titans, right? Yeah. You know, they're they're in turmoil, right, in the movie. Um, segregation, stuff like that, right? And, you know, the team's not performing well, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, two of the star players are fighting, right? And the guy's like, your attitude's poor, right? Yeah. And the other guy's like, no, attitude reflects leadership, right? So Yeah, for sure. You, if you have a positive attitude... Right. Mm -hmm. You can lead through things. That's right? right. So, you know, I'm looking at I'm trying to replace a manager currently in one of our facilities and, you know, I have an 18 year veteran and a six month employee. Well, I'm going to pick the six month employee and it's based on attitude, you know, so yeah. um, it's outlook. Yeah, you know? you're right. Um, you know, can't, is if your attitude's poor, you're never going to be able to lead people because right. then it becomes more about you than it does about them. Yeah. And so it's just anti-servant leadership yeah so, that, that guy we had at the sales meeting he said something outlook uh, outlook equals outcome that guy that was he acted like he was on coke dude i don't know he was all <laughs> over the place he was yeah. great speaker uh, yeah. i mean he had a really good message but man, i'm gonna tell you when he walked in it was roman candles like bow, 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 bow. <laughs> he didn't get the introduction that he wanted so he walked back out and came back in Wow. And did it all over again. But he had a thing. It was uh, input equals output and output equals outcome. You know, and, and it's true. You know, if, if the attitude is poor, 
then you're going to have a poor outcome. And it's super hard, like in the leadership positions, to. I had an employee that um, it was just a very frustrating employee. He's no longer with us, but um, I would have to call him. You know, I had quite a few conversations with him, like, dude, I'm fixing to blow a gasket on this guy, you know, but you can't do that. You have to, you have to get that up and you, and what a lot of people don't realize is you have to get it out. If you don't get it out and you just let it sit there and fester, the pressure cooker, you, yeah, you Boom. will explode on that person. And then that's where the fault lies. So you have to, and I don't think a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking that they can get it out. Inherently as men, we're not great communicators. You know, I think all of our wives would say, yes, that is true. Um, I think we're better communicators than we were when we were younger, but there is still that stigma with men to go, dude, you just don't talk about it. Suck it up, buttercup's going to be all right. That's ain't right. No, what I tell you, suck it up, buttercup, ain't, no going, ain't nobody going to plant daisies for you. That's right. You know, you just got to get through it. But at some point, we have to. We have to communicate that with somebody. And so if you're listening to this and you have something you need to communicate, communicate it up. Like Jeff said, take it up because if you go down, you're going to get a down response. And you can find anybody to be on your team. Does that mean, You know what I mean? Like if I want to get an answer, I'll go to my dad and get one answer. If I want another answer, I'll go to my mom. You know, when I was little, you can predict the outcome of what you want. If I want somebody to side with me, I know who to call. If I need to get it out, I know who to call. But we have to always be on the forefront of that and making sure we're making those correct connections with those people to get that frustration out. Because we, no matter what, like we just discussed, we have to lead effectively. It doesn't matter what happened. You know, I remember this uh, when my grandmother died. I was in a funeral procession, and I was answering phone calls about inventory stock. Not here. This was my previous career. And I remember hanging that up, and Hayden looked at me, and she was like, I was like, I just you're never off you know and it's unfortunate sometimes but it's part of the leadership it's just it's part of those things that go with it to be effective to people you know and not everybody's cut out for that not everybody is well and then if you go down right we, we talk about respect on on this as part of leadership when we're spelling it out right if you start to vent down you're going to lose the respect eventually of those down because yeah. they're going to be like, this guy's not strong. Right. This, this leader isn't really going to be able yeah. to hold me. If he can't work through this and he's having to come to me, but then eventually what happens, somebody down there when you're venting down is going to let the people that you should be venting up know and then up here is going to look at you as the middleman between them and the workforce and now all of a sudden you're sabotaging their goals, their strategic initiatives, yeah. their... 10 year out years right now instead of you being able to handle it as a manager you're really setting yourself up for failure but it's not just you you're screwing yeah. their ability to be developed and then now they have no longer a good pool that person could be an 18 year veteran but has been just what's the word corrupted with the yeah. wrong attributes attitudes and then you have somebody who's new who hasn't been under the influence of learning bad habits right yeah. now you can mold that person to be what you want to support what your boss wants and for us i think as we mentor people we really i'm gonna need, buy you another mic i know i keep hitting everything <laughs> but i think that we have to build that respect not by just being the selfless versus selfish, but yeah. we have to earn respect. And respect shouldn't just be given. Yeah. And I think you really have to figure out where you fit 
in your organization yeah. to figure out the best way for you to manage that. Yeah. And I'm big on people operating inside their talents. You know, not everybody's talent is to operate inside of this. And so, so just because you've been somewhere for 15 years doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to be there. You know, your talent may be used better somewhere else. So you can't, where I'm going with that is the cancer that's, that's, is, is, is implied through the negativity. You know, I always think psychologically it's crazy that we have to force ourselves to be positive as opposed mm. to be negative. Negativity comes naturally, you know, but it's also like a cancer. So when you vent down, that cancer starts to spread. Yep. And because the people that you're leading are not in the same position that you are, you know, the three of us in here collectively right now and Josh sitting, sitting out there, we can have a, a venting conversation and it will not affect our person, you know, especially amongst us. Well, they're not at the same caliber. You know, that mental, that mental level of where they're at is not necessarily there. They haven't grown to that point yet. And so it becomes more damaging in that state, whereas at least up here, you know, when you're sitting here playing poker together, you can just throw it out there and, you know, and vent it back and forth and it's fine, you know, but that's not, that's not always the case when it's the people that you're leading, you know. And you can't teach them. And that leads yeah. back to your emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, my 18-year veteran, it's not that he's a bad employee, right? Right. Uh, if I look at his personality traits, he won't hold up to the, to the stresses that this specific facility mm. is going to require, right? Right. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts in this role and that's i would not put him in a position to succeed right and so exactly. that's hard that might be hard for him to hear which it was yeah. but you know i still i want him to be a, an employee that's happy right Absolutely. and there's right. going to be another role right yeah. that he can fill later you know it's just not this one so yeah. to your point you know people think that um that the manager role right most times people want it just for money because right? yeah. it pays more you know but it also costs more. Well, let's be honest. Does it really pay more? <laughs> if you apples to apples and oranges and oranges, hours that you work versus your income, you know, you don't get paid for sitting there waking up in the middle of the night going, holy shit, did I do that? You know, it, there is a better, I'm, there is a good, um, there is a good wage and compensation with management. There is. But I think people that look at that, they don't realize that if you do apples to apples and oranges and oranges, hour for hour and minute for minute for the wage that's made, it's a drop in the bucket, but that's part of the sacrifice of leadership. You know, I mean, it, it just is. It's it's part of the it's part of leading people. There has to be some level of service, and often that comes through a sacrifice. You know, there are going to be times where I have to answer my phone at Texas Roadhouse when I'm eating dinner with my family. You know, I don't get paid. It's not like I clock in and go, Jeff, where's my fifteen dollars for that <laughs> two minute phone call? Out right. Had. You know that it, that's but that just comes with the territory. But there are rewards on the backside of that. You know, there's a lot of rewards that comes from leading people, especially when you do it effectively. When those people, you know, Hayden used to give me crap because I would tell her I raised my kids to be 34. Because from 15 to 25, they don't know, you don't know anything, and they hate you. <laughs> at some point, they're going to hate you, you know. But at 34, 35 years old, if you've parented correctly and led them correctly, that's when it's going to matter the most. That's when their life, when they actually make bad decisions, can derail, you know, and, and then that, that trajectory will last for a long time. It's the same thing with people when it comes to leading people. You lead people to this level. You know, we lead to this level because even though they're not there yet, they have that underlying ability and talent to be there, and we have to keep focused out there. 
We have to keep focused on where we're going to be and where we want our people to be. And they don't always have the ability to do that. No, and I would imagine, of course, I don't know y'all's business, right? But you're also going to be called upon as you lead. You're going to lead your boss. If you're a successful leader, you're going to lead your boss, who is in turn going to be leading their boss up to a CEO because it's you providing you know, the ability to listen, to be able to help with strategy, to be able to help with those out yeah. years by showing results of what you're leading with your current. And hey, we're doing this, but we could do this. And so, and there I go again. He's going to fire me from my mic. <laughs> I just I turned you up, don't worry. Because I, I like to look and I move and I talk <laughs> with my hands. I try not to. But um, we lead sometimes from the bottom up at whatever level. I'm not talking about just at the bottom of an organization. We're at the bottom of where we are leading and looking up at the people that are above us. So we're at the bottom. But sometimes we are called upon to kind of help mold them in their decision making. And I think that's why we have to do what we can to stay tuned up, you know, so yeah. we're ready at any given point in time to step up. One good model that I'll, I'll have, and I won't have much to say more about this, but is you need to be prepared that the person below you can step in for you. And then you've got to be able to do the same for the next person. Yeah. And I think the military does a great job of that is, so if the person above me was to die, I have enough situational awareness that I could pick up relatively like that seamlessly yeah. and continue the mission. Yeah. The person below me, the same thing, because in the military, at any given time, we could die. Yeah. Even though I'm on the civilian side now, I could get hit by a bus, something could happen, and I die you as a leader have to make sure that the people below and up know everything you're doing so it can right. be a seamless transition. And I've never understood, as like I was talking about raising my kids to be 34, I've never understood leadership positions that like covet it. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the it's like the lost ark and they're Indiana Jones and it's mine and I'm not going to do it because, dude, I'm trying to work myself out of a damn job. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lead myself out of a job because it's the only way that I'm going to advance. It's the only way that you advanced. It was the only way that you advanced. Mm -hmm. We had to work ourselves out of that position. And well, I got only... tired of being at Crystal's, brother. So I went back, got my bachelor's degree, and I mean, I was trying. Being serious, though, I mean, not to interrupt your train of thought. So no, man, you're I'm good, sorry. dude. That's what it's no, for. But that's what I did. Same thing. When you said you got to be mentally prepared, it made me think, man, I got out of the military. Now I'm sitting here in management at Crystal's. Had met with the CEO to it's buy Chris a franchise. Stoll, by the way. Yeah, There's Chris no Stoll. S. But to buy a franchise. <laughs> went up and had a meeting with the CEO. And I listened to everything they had to say, and I had to have um, moving capital in order to get in. I looked at him. I was like, dude, I don't want this anymore, but I'm good at it. So what do I need to do? Well, I had to buckle down and get that bachelor's degree so I could go get into the job you, of Madden. I know this is a rabbit hole, but I do not picture you at Crystal with those pants and the shirt hey. and a name tag. Hey, I started. <laughs> I just can't. I was at Waffle House, started off as a cook. Then I moved up into management. They wanted me to become DM. Wouldn't do it. So then I was even at Burger King. And was and Burger King was was an all right job. I'd say that was a pretty good organization that I worked for. Their structure and everything was good. But the only job that I've ever just said goodbye, I walked out, was with a company, and it was, um, I'll just say it, I don't care, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, <laughs> and they, they wanted me to fire somebody. And I was one step away from being, um, which was called a regional vice, as an RVP, regional vice president. So I was a city manager. I was already in Birmingham, several branches, everything was good, million dollars worth of inventory, almost a billion dollars worth of inventory when it came to cars. 
there was a guy who how we managed those people was income per unit analysis and what they did selling insurance. So anytime you go rent a car and they say, hey, you want to buy this insurance? Hey, you want to do this? It's because that's how they get their money. They get commissions on that. Well, one guy was just horrible, but his track record wasn't. It was horrible because he had an autistic child. He was Uh in the middle of a divorce. Didn't know what was wrong with his child. And that was early on years ago, like 2001 time frame. No, 2000 was when it happened. So you think about it. They didn't have all of the technology they have, the way to diagnose things. So he was having a hard time at home. It goes to that emotional intelligence. So I met with the current GM who was in charge of all of Group 55, kind of what you said, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Panhandle. And he said, you got to let him go, man. And I said, no, let me work with him. Well, I started talking with him. He still didn't meet his numbers. And I said, man, his numbers are always good. He's had two quarters that they weren't good. But this is why. And they were like, either you fire him or we'll fire you and hire somebody who will go fire him. I was like, you're my boss. Why can't you go let him go? I said, I just don't have the heart to do that. And so he said, no, you were. I said, well, no, I'm not. Here's my keys. Have a good day. And, you know, that's how I ended up where I'm at now. I had to go back in the military. I was making a whole lot of money to not making any money. (laughs) So it was maybe not the best decision, but I think for me morally it was. And sometimes as leaders, that's a whole nother podcast. So so Sometimes you got to make a hard decision. Just for the record, what's your title now? Um, Without, you know, us going, having to go on the map and, you know, them kicking in the door and all that good jazz. I'll just say I'm a logistics officer. Okay. So logistics management. But there's only you. You're up there. Yeah. You're at that level. Yeah. Right? The, my of boss, fourteen levels. You're like number thirteen, right? Yeah. Well, no. So, the next level up is the highest I could go, gotcha. unless I became what they call senior executive service, yep. which is presidentially appointed. Gotcha. And you got to go through a whole. You become basically the equivalent to a general, and that's what they're known for. Those SESs and the people. So, like where I'm at now, I routinely interact with the Pentagon every day. Gotcha. So. And I can't really say much about why. From, from Crystal. But, yep, from, from Crystal. From Crystal. Interacting with a penalty. It's got to cover smother, baby. <laughs> Would you like some fries with that? No. <laughs> hey, Crystal's, though, on a serious note, I really hate that they have let their business go down. I would really love if I had the opportunity to be an outside consultant would be to go to Crystal's because I truly Dude, wanted their to. their home office is in Chattanooga. Yeah, I Just really go. wanted to be a franchisee owner but and help them but now looking on the outside i wouldn't want to be the franchisee owner i would like to get in and corporate and breathe life back into them because they have no more commercials anymore their businesses are going down they're hardly ever open and they're dirty as all get out every time you go in they used to not be that way they took pride in the front of the house because if the front of the house is dirty meaning your bathroom your lobby your area and especially the bathroom then what do you expect your kitchen you're really passionate about crystal I'm passionate and they, about They have White Castle. Business. They don't have Crystal. Well, White Castle's the castle. good, too. They still are sliders, and you'd be in the bathroom in a hot minute. One of my, guys, hey. one of my guys ate White Castle for the first time, and the last time he will not eat it anymore. <laughs> I think Crystal's better than White Castle, but that's a whole different argument. You know? That is true. But as you can tell, I do have a passion about leadership, and I really believe, and I've told him this over and over again, selfless over selfish. Be selfless. It's not yeah. hard. Yeah, sometimes you got to be stern with people sometimes you got to be whatever especially me i don't have the demeanor that y'all have meaning y'all are taller than i am and y'all have (laughs) that good radio voice down there like marvin you have one when you do it when i talk like that but i mean normally my voice is high (laughs) so you really have to come in there and i have to keep myself the passion down because sometimes in those meetings i'll i'll sit there and i swear 
sometimes they make something so simple, so stupid, to the point that on my team, there's two people that I told you the story the other day that outranked me. My boss was basically looking at me to lead from the bottom up on this team. So he inserted me into their team to fix their team. Decent. Um, <laughs> I was going to tell you, it was about to make that gangster side come out and say, hey, just because I wear a suit and tie, I can straight up turn my hat sideways on you in a hot minute. You need to quit and pull your head out your rear end. I mean, sometimes you got to have a hard conversation with people. Yeah. But in our organization, the higher you get and the more politically driven it gets and the more white collar, I'll call it, gets, the more that you just can't reach somebody, snatch them, punch them in the mouth. I mean, sometimes you look at them. I just wish I could throat punch you, but you can't say that because you get fired. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that on the other podcast the other day. Yeah. Skull dragon. I can't that's do that it. anymore. That's it. I'm still emotionally driven that way, but I can't physically do those things. You talk about being the small guy in the room. We're the small guy in the room. I don't see how regularly small guys. Yeah, Josh. Josh, how tall are you? Six three. So you were at dinner with them the other night, and guy was Josh is six three, and there was somebody bigger, taller than Josh. Alex like six five, and six then you five. Bill at six eight. Yeah, yeah I was the little nerd. <laughs> Man, that's what they called me was little nerd. Well, you know, imagining listening to him with the uh, hydropower and with the uh, whole hydraulic stuff and working on ships and all this stuff. I'm like, y'all need to hire me. I could be the guy in the hellhole. I'm small you enough to get in there I'm and telling get you dirty. Right now, you don't want to be in there. Oh, no, I've been no, in the hellhole when I was in the enlisted side. No, I don't want to do that. You come out, I was covered in grease. It was nasty. But, <laughs> hey, I got to do that one time, which was really cool, is because of where I had been and now where I'm at, I was on a site visit, and we were down there, and we have an aviation, was called A&P Mechanics. Well, they were having an issue. I knew what the issue was because I had experienced the issue. Well, there's an area called the hellhole where you can't get in by, past the landing gear, you know, unless yeah. you have the small enough, unless you want to disassemble the whole thing. Well, I literally had a white dress shirt on. I took my dry, the dress shirt off, just had my T-shirt on, and I get in there, and I fixed what they needed to fix with that specific landing gear. We had, uh, and it was really fun to do. We had four of those in that ship, by the way. There was four hell holes in there that mm. was terrible to get in there. Yeah, and then so. when you come out, you, you're you not going to come out clean. You're I told there. you so. Yeah, hey. <laughs> But the knowledge and experience that came with that is can't be bought. So. But I let you screw it up. You did. And then we fixed it. <laughs> hey. You allowed me to fuck up. Thanks. Well, that's right. You learned from it. made you better. And now when you get another ship in the yeah. future, you'll even make that project even better, yeah, I'm sure. this is true. And especially, you know something? And I'm going to be quiet because I don't know y'all's business. Bullshit. But listening to him when he was talking about okay you've got so many nuts and bolts and all these things that have to go and if you drop something you have to account for that because you don't want it to fall apart on the customer so every piece has a form fit and function and how he has an inventory of everything that was one of the smartest things i had heard is hey here's your baggie here's what's in that baggie you better come out with an empty baggie and if you drop yeah. something you better let me know so, so i thought that was pretty good just for an idea right? the bilge pump on that ship on one side there was four bilge pumps one of them is ten thousand dollars so a 10 millimeter socket will eat up a bilge pump in a heartbeat <laughs> and then your ten thousand dollars that you got to pay for a bilge pump well you drop four sockets and you run the risk of fucking up four bilge pumps yeah. and so that's one you know and and it with it being the the caliber of government job basically that it was you have to account for that stuff right. man especially the way that we clean lines and things you got to have all of that in there so it's really just common knowledge 
you know, if you're walking in, but I learned that at the airports, what I did, learning that stuff. So sweet. Well, dude, Jeff, thanks for coming. Did I do good? Uh, you did terrible. You did terrible. But well, I am going to put you on I the spot. I want you to look good. I mean, that's the point. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? You want me to look good. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's your favorite employee? Favorite employee. I'm just kidding. Don't mm. worry about that. Yeah. But I do, uh, all, <laughs> all of you. It's like, your, right. like your kids. All, all of you are important. All of you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You all bring but, something <clears throat> to the table. I do, which is true. I do have something to put you on the spot about that I didn't tell you about. <clears throat> if you have one piece of advice, you know, I do this on my other podcast. Um, with this one, God forbid something happened to you on the way home. If this was the last piece of leadership advice that somebody heard from you, what would that be? Um, hmm. Probably you, you have to be able to sit back and, and look at multiple sides of a situation, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to look at it from the other person's point of view, you can usually make the right decision. Yeah. Right. So we come from the motorcycle background, uh, both of us. My road name before I retired it out uh, was Two Sides. And the reason for that is there's two sides to every story. That and every time we stopped at a meet and three, I got two sides. So it had a, it had a double three meeting. three sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I got two extras. I got two extras. I always get double potatoes, double macaroni, and then I get green beans or something. But uh, – that, uh, he loves Philly cheese. You have to. Oh I like God, dude. Too. That's good. You have to. You have to do that. You know, and it, it, whether you're a seasoned leader or you're a novice and you're just coming into it, mm-hmm. you have to look from all angles. And there are always two sides to every coin and every story. And when, if we can analyze and evaluate both of those, it's exactly what you just said. Most of the time, we make the right call. Well, and if you okay, then I'm gonna give you bit number two, right? So listen first no matter whatever conversation you're going to have try to start it off with letting them tell you what their problem issue whatever is right because you may know you may have not have thought how to fix that coming into it and they tell you and you may have a different solution so you don't want to go in or have a predetermined this is what i'm going to do right i need to i'm going to listen to you to what what your issues are and then I'm going to react from that information. That's yeah. the active Absolutely. listening. Yeah, active listening. That's a yep. skill. Which is what I have to learn to do better at home, which I'm better at it now. But <laughs> that's very key. That one's free for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Actively right. listen that to your wife. That works really well for your wives. <coughs> yes. Everyone. Yeah, let what were we talking about earlier? First. If she calls, we answer it, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Every time, because we spend a lot of time not answering it. <laughs> So, well, cool, man. Thanks for being here today, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Uh, we're going to drag Ingram in here one day. He's going to enjoy I'm, I'm, it. Yeah, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him back. He in might here. sweat. He probably will. You know, <laughs> red. Nah, I don't care about you. Yeah, that's right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm no, not thanks for you, thanks for driving over today. You. Appreciate yes, it. And thank you for being with us today. As you walk to your days and you find yourself leading your various teams, whether you're a beginner or you've been doing it for a long time, just remember that leadership equals what you portray it to be. Have a great week.